Uh, today I want to talk about, as we're continuing our road trip in the book of Acts, this Sunday we were looking at specifically chapters 3 and 4 with our video by Matt Chandler. And what we see happening is Peter and the disciples are becoming very bold. Their prayers were uh, for God to use their circumstances to accomplish what God wanted. And their prayers were to energize them for service and battle, not, not to protect them. See, they did not pray for an easier life. They prayed to be strong. They prayed that their lives would glorify God. See, the early Christians prayed to be difference makers in their community and their culture. And if you look at the exponential growth of the early church, we see that those prayers were answered because they set the foundation that 2,000 years later plus, we are reaping today as the Christian church continues to grow. And what we see here is that the early church and its members were truly difference makers. They made a difference in the lives of those who accepted Jesus Christ and were saved. Peter invested and mentored new Christians, young Christians, to where the disciples established future leadership for Christianity in the church. So that when they were, were gone, when they had retired or died, the Christian faith continued to grow. And thank God that is still happening in today's church. Christians are making a difference, investing in the lives of others. When you look at me standing up here today, look at Rob Barlow, you see my 90-year-old father who has been a deacon for 70 years. You see my childhood Sunday school teachers. You see my college campus ministers who invested in me. You see Jim Smith, a, a, a mentor in seminary who pastored Buckner Baptist Church that tried to show me how to be a pastor. You see Dennis Bickers, our area minister who taught me about church growth. You see, I am a product of those who imparted and made a difference in my life. So the question I'm asking you this morning is, do you believe that you can make a difference in this world and affect people's lives? See, as a teenager, I never believed that I could make a difference. I didn't have good enough grades to barely get into college. Coming out of high school, my ACT scores weren't much higher than my shoe size. But my parents pushed me towards college. And in college, I came in contact with campus ministers that pushed me into the ministry. And they made a difference in my world, showing me that I can make a difference in the small little world that is my life. To touch the lives of the people, whether it be on the floor of my dormitory, or at the weight room, or on the basketball team where I was the student manager for the university. But what would happen is those people would put me in positions of going on youth revivals and to lead the youth events in these little country churches in eastern Kentucky, opening my eyes to how God could use me to touch the lives of those he placed 
into my little world. And when we let God do that, we discover uh, no, uh, that our world gets bigger. And that's what I want to talk about today. Making a difference like the disciples and those Christians in Acts 3 and 4 did. Because if you try to make a difference, then, then you'll leave a legacy like so many people did in my life, and I bet so many people did in your life. So today I want to give you some points about how to make a difference in the world as a Christian, just like the Christians in Acts. And here's some things you can do to make a difference in the world. First of all, have a sense of humor and be able to laugh at yourself. Folks, many times life is unpleasant. There's a lot of adversity. There's a lot of tragedy. So when you are looking for opportunities to laugh and have fun, it can make a difference not only in your life, but the life of those around you. To where, like yesterday, I was out watching my son uh, unit do parachute drops, and I'm trying to take a picture of the C-130, and I'm going back, and there's that orange triangle set up as the marker. Uh, and, of course, it's held up by tent pegs, and all his uh, sergeants and people that are important are there and uh, had to watch me go to the ground as I tripped over not one but three tent pegs going down. <laughs> and as I pulled myself off the ground and they looked at me like, what an idiot, I said, well, just to let you know, this is the father of the commander of your unit and he inherited it all. We have to be able to laugh at ourselves. To make a difference for God, secondly, you have to have a compelling dream. A dream that lifts you out of yourself to something greater than yourself. So many times we underestimate our capacity. Many times we may not tell people what our dreams are because we're afraid that those people will laugh at our dreams. But you may be willing to give your time and resources, but if you were sure that it wasn't just your dream, but God's dream, wouldn't that make a difference? So how can you know that it's God's dream? I think there's two ways. First of all, is it bigger than you? That everybody will know if you pulled off this dream, then it had to be from God. And they recognize there is no way that you could have accomplished that dream by yourself. And what's the byproduct of that? God gets the glory. And people recognize that the only way the dream could have come about was if God was involved. And other people could have big dreams, and that's okay with the world. You know, who cares if George Steinbrenner builds a million-dollar stadium for his Yankees or a billion-dollar stadium? And... Who cares if Steven Spielberg drops $100 million on a movie? That's okay. Or the investors in Las Vegas build a $2 billion casino. But you let a Christian have a big dream, and, and people will naysay it and try to discourage it. See, the Christians and the church, there's, to be shakers and movers, there's going to have... To put up with a lot of people that look at their dreams and are naysayers. But because we have a great God, you need to ask, is your dream bigger than you? Is it God's dream? 
So what we need to understand is, if it's God's dream, you can't let it go. Think about many dreams are elusive where you have to grab and hold on to them. But there may come a time that you get tired of holding on to that dream and you let go of that dream. But there's other dreams that won't let go of you and you become a prisoner of that dream. And you will find that you can't let go of it if it's God's dream. Because the dream won't let go of you. Like I've known people all through my years of ministry that said, I felt God calling me to be a preacher when I was uh, 16 years old at church camp or at that revival. And they fight it for years and years and years and suddenly they're 50, 60, 70 years old and decide to start doing ministry. It's been said, if you keep a dream for more than five years, that dream will come to pass. But most people can't keep a dream for five years. Because of the naysayers that come and discourage, or, or for Christians, it's people that tell the congregation or tell the individual, you can't afford it, you can't afford to go to school, or you can't afford to build this or, or do that. Or the famous last words of the church, we've never done it that way before. And our delay comes because we know from the scripture we heard today, from the book of Proverbs, without a vision, without revelation, the people will perish. So also, if you're going to be a difference maker, the third thing we have to do is we have to make every day a masterpiece. John Wooden, the basketball coach for UCLA, wrote a book and he talked about how when he was a boy, his dad told him to approach every day Every day like it was a blank canvas to paint on. And he said that each day he would paint a masterpiece by the way he lived his life and present it to God. So John Wooden, who won 10, 11 national titles in men's NCAA basketball, one of the winningest coach ever, he approached each day as a blank canvas and tried to paint a masterpiece for God. So to make a difference... We need to basically make every day a masterpiece for God. The fourth thing we need to do is learn to enjoy the trip. We need to realize that joy isn't just in the destination. Joy is in the trip, the getting there. Yet we get so intent on seeing the destination or getting to the destination that we fail to enjoy getting there. And we got to learn to enjoy the trip. So parents, even though that baby is in diapers and in a crib or maybe elementary and you're ready for them to be in high school so you can ship them out the door and have your life to yourself, what we're saying here is you need to take life like you would take a wet wash rag and just squeeze every drop out of it. To take time to involve yourselves in your kids' or grandkids' activity to be enjoying life and not so much wrapped up in work that you do not have time for your family or your God. So enjoy the trip to the destination. Fifthly, whatever you want out of life, you have to give it away. You want joy? 
Spread joy everywhere you go. Don't be a grouch. Don't be a, a negative sourpuss. If you want peace, promote peace everywhere you see it. You want money? Listen to this. Be generous. Give it away. See, we need to exercise those things that we want. Just like to gain muscle, you have to give away energy lifting weights or running or exercising. Folks, if you want to get more of that what you want, you have to give it away. And if you're wallowing in self-pity, then you need to be a person that goes and visits a nursing home or a hospital. Spend some time talking to people. If you find a needy neighbor, take them a meal. Be their friend. No one should be able to live in self-pity when there is so much hurt in this world around us. And there are people you can pour your life into and you can change their lives if you'll invest in them. I will bet the happiest people in this, this room are those that live for others. That's why Proverbs 29:18 says, without vision, the people will perish. There was a movie that came out several years ago called The Bucket List, where two men were in the same hospital ward dying of cancer, one rich, one poor. Rich man found a wadded up piece of paper in the trash can and unrolled it and it said bucket list. And on the list was jump out of an airplane, see the top of the Himalayans, drive a fast car around a racetrack, kiss the most beautiful woman. And the rich man asked the poor man, what is this? Oh, those were the things I wanted to do before I died. Well, the rich man, played by Jack Nicholson, says, I have the money, and let's take this last year of life that the doctors have given us and do what we can to check off every item on this bucket list. And the rest of the movie is about two guys checking off the items on the bucket list. Now let me ask you, what if you had a chance to do whatever you dreamed of and money was no object? What would you do? Well, I hope it wouldn't be buy a bigger car or bigger house or, uh, you know, invested in your hobbies or, or something selfish. I would hope it would be God-centered. A dream like making sure I use that to lead my children and grandchildren to Christ. Or I use that money to find a way to influence my friends or my neighbors or my family members or my co-workers for Jesus Christ. Or finding a way to, to grow the kingdom of God so that it can reach more for Jesus Christ. See, rather than personal and selfish things, what is there to live for if you cannot serve your generation? And let your dream be to pursue God in your generation. Sixth thing, so if you want to really be a person that's a difference maker in our world for Jesus Christ, enlarge your circle of love. Sadly, too many of us have drawn small circles and when we do that, we leave too many people out needing love that are outside our circle. 
Aren't you glad God included you in his circle of love? And who included you in their circle of love when they didn't have to and they made a difference in your life? So we need to be people to see whose lives that we can affect. Also, seventhly, if you want to be a different make, difference maker, never catch yourself without a dream. In other words, if you set a dream, you want that college degree, or you want to, uh, to be all state, or you want to be uh, the president of a corporation, and you achieve that, find yourself another dream. And the same way with God-given dreams. If you lead your children to Jesus Christ and they are all Christians, then widen your circle and go out and work on your neighbor or your co-workers or your friends. See, we need to be people that, that make your dream that of reaching other people. That's what difference makers do. See, don't be the person that gets to the end of their life with regrets. And if somebody were to ask you, if you could do things different in your life, uh, what would it be? What would be your answer? And if you come up with a whole list of things you wish you would have done differently, and I bet a lot of us have some things we wish we could have done, had bigger dreams that we dream. And I bet we all wish there were times that we took bigger risk in the things that we did. That we need to be people that seek God in prayer and seek His will for the dreams that we have. When you do that, when you seek your dream through prayer and using God's will, God is going to surprise you and you will find God will send you greater things than you could ever imagine. And you may see things happening in your life that you really never prayed for, things that you never even thought about or asked for, but that have been such a blessing. Because we are told our God is able to do exceedingly more abundant than we can dream or imagine or thought about in our life. Also, Eighth, if you're going to make a difference and be a difference maker, then you need to learn to do the unusual. It's amazing how many times we get stuck in the routine and the usual. You know, one of the things that Adam said in the sermon last week is we as a church are willing to try anything once as long as it isn't illegal, immoral, or unbiblical. And what we find is, is that when we try the unusual, God brings the blessing. See, we get stuck in a rut when we do the same thing. See, the Bible is full of stories of the unusual. What was it that brought down the walls of Jericho? It was the trumpet. And God spoke to Moses through a, a burning bush. And Jesus healed a blind man with mud and spit and put it in his eyes we invited hundreds of people to a halloween party and gave out thousands of pieces of candy and offered all kinds of of, of love and information about jesus christ because when we do the unusual god does the extraordinary 
And when we do the unusual sacrifice, God does the extraordinary. Whether it be with your money and resources or whether it be with your time and energy. Lastly, to make a difference, you need a vision of the finish line. See, Peter had a vision where he thought he would end up following Jesus. But that vision, that dream was shattered when Jesus Christ was nailed to that cross and died. And what did Peter do? Peter went back to his old way of living. He went back to fishing, the dream that he had before. Folks, there are people all around you every day that have had dreams shattered and broken around them. There are people in this room with dreams laying on the ground like broken glass. They had a dream for their marriage. They had a dream for their children. They had a dream for their career or finances. And what do you do with broken dreams? Many people go into despair, not realizing that they can have a dream again. What we are reminded that if we are people that are difference makers, we are going to offer God's help to those in despair, to offer God's forgiveness for whatever they need. See, in the book of Acts, we find difference makers who were changing people's lives. How are you making a difference? How are you investing in the future? How are you including more and more people into your circle of love? What risk are you taking? What are you doing unusual for Jesus Christ? And what compelling dream is it that God's given you that you won't let go of to make you a difference maker? Let us pray. Lord, as we come here today, we just ask you to help us as we go out into the world. Help us to be a forward-looking church that is, has a vision for what you want for us. A church that has a huge circle of love reaching out to all those around us. And now we just pray that you just help us to be people that are able to apply the way that we make differences to every area of our life. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.